Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com What's good, everybody? Fine. Thank you so much for taking the Cannabis Legalization. We have uh, another huge week of news to digest and unpack. And we actually have something kind of different and special for you if you're tuning in. Uh, don't forget to stick around for 20 past the hour. When it will be 420 somewhere, we have a great guest that should be joining us. Hopefully uh, he makes it. And what has Congress's opinion been for Schedule 3? That's our main story that we're going to be digging into. And then we have stories from all over the United States, maybe even your state. So hang out. We're going to play some Name That Strain and talk all about the week that was cannabis legalization news for February 4th, 2024. Let's get to our trending stories. Welcome, Miggy. How are you? 
Man, I'm really curious about that echo, but, uh, you know, thanks for joining us. The most important conversation there is out there. <laughs> yes, thank you. And if you're one of our channel members and you want to talk with us, just hit us up in the live chat and, uh, you know, like talking with our guests. We actually going to have uh, an offer for them later. But the, the interesting thing was the, the senators. And uh, there was some news in Congress about what they should do. And so that's that's our, our main story. Some senators have told the DEA to fully legalize it which is kind of funny in the sense that like the senators need to do their jobs if they want to fully legalize it uh, because like the senate or congress can change the controlled substances act at any time they could like you know amend the law and uh, one of those parts that they would have to amend is section 811 of the controlled substances act that would need to be amended to take out this international treaty thing I might do a video on that international treaty because um, I read it and it's not as bad as like the DEA is trying to like have you believe. Yeah. Well, you know, I was got to say that this article's a bunch of BS, you know, like uh, much do about nothing, but really, uh, I mean, who does the DEA answer to, right? Like, like you can set any metric you want, but the only time you make something move, you know, you, you, you move the, the needle uh, uh, towards legalization is if someone in power you know, voices or, or you know, uh, uh, pushes it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's important, but uh, I hope, uh, uh, you know, they, they listen. I hope they, you know, something uh, uh, freaking results from this. I mean, it's nice that we're in the process of rescheduling, right? I think that's like, great. Yeah, I, true. It's just that they, they it's, it's also, it frustrates me as somebody who understands how the system works that maybe our senators don't, uh, you know, because if they're saying to fully legalize it and have they read the Controlled Substances Act that said you're not allowed to have fully legalized cannabis because of the way that we put Section 811 in there where it says you have to comply with international law, so you have to keep it medical, which means you have to keep it scheduled. A lot of the people in the chat saying like deschedule, everybody's saying deschedule, and that's sure. the, the right way to go. It's ideal, but then maybe the senators should put forth a bill that amends the Controlled Substances Act and nixes that part so that they can deschedule. Right now, yeah. the attorney general can only move it within the schedules in compliance with international law. And so I would write a snarky letter back if I was Ann Milgram to these these nice senators and say, maybe if you would want me to do that, you should do your job. Well, and give me an amendment and change the law that my job isn't to enforce your job make the law my job enforce the law it's the, the divided government that we've had sure but uh, this is still part of the rescheduling the conversation though right like the ideal congress actually got their shit together and focused on one specific right uh, uh legislation but I, I think right now they're obviously still so broken right and I, I this is something i think we'll talk with with our next guest as far as like the divide between like conversation, uh, Republican Democrat type thing, but uh, uh, well, it makes you me know, think they're just bad lawyers. But like again, John Fetterman's not a lawyer, as far as I'm aware. Uh, they have quotes from the letter. They have quotes from the letter regarding uh, completely descheduling it. Uh, the thing that I don't like about marijuana moment is that it is brought to you by completely ads, just a shitload of ads, and then also their Patreon supporters. And shout out to everybody yeah. who supports marijuana moment. Um, sure. But they just have so many ads. And then I try to get to whatever it is actually the the news is from like the original source uh, that is that the original source is always the best but the the DEA should deschedule yeah. marijuana altogether that's what the letter said the senator's letter so the DEA is not allowed to reschedule it 
you dumbass. I mean, you're the senators. You should know that. And these these people, uh, I mean, like John Fetterman, I don't believe is a lawyer. But Senator Schumer and Senator Warren, they are, well, Senator Warren may not be a lawyer. I'm not sure. But I know that Senator Schumer is. Um, I think she's banking. Some Senator Banker. But, um, right. you know, but I thought that the DA, didn't they say they're the fucking final word? Didn't they say, like, we are the law? Yeah. Uh, that though no, they the, what the DEA did was they just restated the statute uh, like basically verbatim. So the the DEA restated the law that their job is to enforce, and then the Congress, well, members of Congress, the senators, the senators told the DEA to violate the statute that the Congress has all the rights to change and amend. So like you know if if they the letter would have been better. Uh, if it would have been an amendment that was introduced and then it would, the letter was about the yeah. amendment saying we are going to change this provision of the, the Controlled Substances Act to, to you know, nix it. So we don't right. it doesn't matter. Like, we can be out of compliance with international law and give the DEA the ability to reschedule. But, you know, it's that's that's kind of annoying. And then where's their comprehensive uh, bill about how they are going to regulate the plant? Why are they just dumping that on to the DEA to figure out in this new rule that's going to have the force of law? How the heck are we going to fix this problem? Well, I, 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 it seems like the law, the, the law process. It'll be interesting to talk with with uh, our guests. Is the uh, that Sp- Spider Man, Spider Man meme? You know, where they're all pointing at each other. You know, that's a that's kind of what, how homegrown happened here in Washington State. And by the way, FYI, that's just I think we figured out the echo. So our, our new, we have somebody else helping us produce. And uh, I had to lower my volume here. My speakers are or my mics actually picking up your talking through my headphones. That's my head's so close to the mic. You know. <laughs> We're gonna get. We're gonna get. Uh, well, you know what we're gonna, we're gonna do. We're gonna give a shout out to somebody who's been a member for 29 months. Uh, Cannabis 420. Shout out to somebody who joined us 29 months ago, and and we still have not been demonetized. So that's a good thing, you know. And if yeah. it's your first time wow. joining us because you saw us on a video somewhere, welcome. What do you want to know about legalizing it? So we got uh, FDA news. We do. And so FDA flawed and misguided conclusion to rescale. I mean, this is more Congress telling the administration how to do their job instead of Congress doing their effing job. And that, that's what you know, it gets me a little uh, annoyed, I guess. But then this this congressman is now telling the, the, the uh, DEA and the FDA that, oops, you got it wrong, says a letter sent by Representative Andy Harris, a Republican of Maryland. And then he tells people to abide by our nation's international treaty obligations. Again, this he's fucking wrong on this. That's just that's not how the treaty reads. And then that's also not what the law says. So schedule anywhere from schedule two to five is completely compliant with the international treaty that this idiot is telling her to go read instead of like saying, um, maybe I should read the law and see what I am allowed to do or not. But, you know, it's and come on, Congress. I know you're yeah. like up for re-election every two years, but wow! Well, I just on. think they're broken right now, dude. I just honestly think the the way that there's like three parties now, right? There's a, a Democrats, there's Republicans, and there's this MAGA thing going on. Like, like I honestly think there's like such a division right now that this kind of policy is not. We're lucky we got infrastructure, man. I, I, I'm yeah. just lucky we got you know the Chips Act and some other shit going on. So uh, I don't know. I just thought you, you meant we're lucky we have any infrastructure whatsoever. <laughs> we 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 really do need to do a better job of running our country. Uh, and and I'm pretty sure that Donald Trump is not the man for that job. Uh, and, and this guy is not the man for the job of being a doctor. He is an elected official. His name mm-hmm. is Rep. 
Oh, wait, he does have an MD there. I bet he is a doctor, but the lack of rigor in the studies used and the other doctor. Oh, no, I don't know what type I mean, of doctor he is, but he's not a lawyer. And so when he doesn't understand how the Constitution or the statutes work, I won't get so upset because he's a doctor. Yeah, I clicked on, an, on a tweet. Do they still call them tweets or are they called X's now? I, I call every call a tweet, but I mean, because X's do not flow off your mouth at all. I mean, like X is oh, like I a symbol. Said an X. What the hell? Yeah, is an X? I mean, like uh, what the, you know, it, it just it sounds dirty, but it does. <laughs> so are you trying to find that that tweet? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm past. I'm past the tweets. I'm just going to let the tweet go. I'm glad that okay. we have uh, doctors in Congress and uh, other congressional people that also don't understand how the laws work. It's too bad that there's not like a test besides an election to get into Congress. You know, there's would have been some type of like actual test or aptitude or like, you know, pass this to make sure that you're eligible to run for Congress. Well, this is why it's important for you to just get out and vote like everybody to get out, because I was telling my kid, I'm, I'm teaching my kid how to drive. Like we're, we're on the road and I'm like showing all the bad examples of like just you know be uh, 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 reactive uh, uh, you know you know be an offensive driver not defensive and I'm like 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 look you just can't bank on everybody knowing the rules because just like voting everybody here has a say everybody here has an equal say to you man like no matter what your statute in, in life is so get the fuck out there do something that's that's a, that's the important part right like be involved you can yeah 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 I mean, we do have more out of Congress. This one's a little bit more about how hemp has been rescheduled and not so much about the Schedule 3. Um, a lot of letters to the administration is what is happening in Congress, which doesn't make any sense. Congress makes laws, not enforce them. So they're just wasting your money by writing these letters to tell the other branch of government how to do its job instead of doing its job and saying, you know what? We don't want that to be Schedule 3. Here's a bill saying keep it in schedule one and we're going to keep it in schedule one and change the controlled substances act to enable that uh, yeah. i don't support that bill i don't think it would get out of committee but still no and i i, I don't see I, I still think there's gonna be a rollout though we're rescheduling right. I, I hope i hope though i really do yeah you know but farmer tom's uh, tuning in and he had a question what are the yeah, steps yeah. we need to take to deschedule uh, step number one amend the controlled substances act to allow you to deschedule in yeah. the alternative, step number two, replace the uh, treaty from 1961 with a new treaty so that we can then be we don't have to amend the other one. So, like, amend one of those two statutes or one of those two uh, pieces of law that is engrafted. Sorry about that verb usage into the Controlled Substances Act. Uh, and it's uh, that's that's really the only way that you can deschedule and do so by executive action. Uh, you can deschedule at any time if they pass a statute that amends or over overrides uh, the Controlled Substances Act about where it is. So they could just like just the, they did with hemp, where they said this is no longer a controlled substance. Yeah. That that would like, depending on how they edit the uh, Controlled Substances Act, also deschedule it. Oh, turn off the background music. Uh, I forgot to do that. And somebody else said uh, potato fire. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or right as we talked about, come on, twentieth amendment, twentieth the, the lit amendment, yeah, legalize it today, the lit <laughs> amendment, uh, and so we need the twenty eighth amendment, the lit amendment passed by every state that has legal cannabis. I don't think we're going to get that because we have 
GOP lawmakers are now teaming mm-hmm. up with everybody's favorite nonprofit, SAM, that is Smart Approaches uh, Against Marijuana. And so they have called for research into high potency THC products. Yep. Yep. Let me say nonprofit, aka money laundering scheme. I mean, they, they, uh, money laundering scheme. Yeah. You see, you, you'd have laws that pay for your rehab centers. And then your rehab centers uh, create a uh, an NGO, a non-government entity, to lobby for those cash flows to those rehab centers to keep on chugging. And you call yeah. it Sam Smart Approaches Against Marijuana. So, and you yeah, say you want reform? Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I, I was saying if we looked at the books and the interests of that uh, entity, oh. you would see people profiting off of uh, prohibition. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And and grants, right? Federal grants because you got to prove all the wrong stuff, all the that's, all the that's poison. Profiting off of prohibition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pete Sessions and Senator Pete Ricketts, both Pete's and Republicans, the they they filed legislation though. Look, here's Congress doing its job. They have filed legislation. I don't agree with this legislation. I think it's bad. But Pete mm-hmm. Sessions and Pete Ricketts filed legislation that they promoted alongside leading prohibition group Smart Approaches to Marijuana on a press conference on Thursday. That was nice of them. <laughs> there, there we go. They even look at that press conference. They uh, they got they got Randy's resolution. They call it. Yeah. Oh boy, Randy's resolution. Well, and this Everybody. is not. Um... Because this is this is like a, a resolution for some guy who's who committed suicide and they're blaming the cannabis, right? Just like we talked about last week with the psychosis shit. Like right. this is going to be this like people are riding off of a, like a tragedy too much so uh, and, and pointing the blame. There's Kevin there's Kevin uh, right there. Of course he is. And then there's Senator Ricketts used to be, I think, the governor of Nebraska. A very diverse group of people uh, representing mm. Randy's resolution, and these probably are Randy's parents. Uh, that yeah. are upset that their kid is is not here anymore. Uh, and so this is raise awareness of the likelihood of psychosis related to the frequent use of marijuana. Um, in, none of these guys are doctors, by the way. But uh, that, that cursed guy, I think that it, that's this guy right there at the podium for Randy's resolution uh, is Kevin Sabat. And I'm pretty sure if we looked at the books and records of Sam, they are making money from it being illegal. And not only that, they will also to continue make that money. They will take the death of uh, someone and have a press conference about it. We, we, even in your legal state, I see it here in Washington state. Every time uh, they try to do uh, a cap on uh, high concentrates, right. Recently. And, all these different little like um, uh, what do you call it when you, uh, testimonies? Uh, you know, somebody's have like there's like two or three tragic testimonies, but you're just like they're blaming the the cannabis use for from a child's tragedy, opposed to like I don't know, looking at like how you raise that person or how you you know, and, and maybe the weed isn't the thing, but out of twelve years, there's like what a handful of bad cases. You know, we haven't barred alcohol because of that. Well, and, we did once, and then it got much worse, and then we uh, we brought it back, and then we made plants illegal, and then we wondered why we can't have nice things. But um, the important yeah. thing is, alcohol is still legal uh, through an amendment. Maybe not the 28th Amendment, but maybe the 28th Amendment is what we need. Legalize it today, Amendment. Uh, I yeah. don't know if that's going to ever happen, but uh, I thought that it was pretty bad that Sam will just do that and say... Like it's a medical conclusion that that marijuana psychosis was causal, uh, 
and mm -hmm. it, the marijuana is to blame, as opposed to maybe he had psychosis. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, we said it could exasperate. I mean, you, but you're pre, you know, pre-existing, right? This is something that would come out eventually, or, or, or you know, maybe some other uh, chemical balance, whatever. But still, not a reason for all the way we've been structuring prohibition and all that stuff. You know, it's not a, um, it's a good reason just to treat it way it is. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, and, but it, it's just that's the facts. Hey, we're going to have, uh, it is 20 past the hour. Just got an important news bulletin, everyone. It is 20 past the hour, which means it's legally 420 in New York. And if you're joining us from there, why don't you go yeah. take a quick break and we'll be back with a guest and a message from the sponsors. I hate when I have the, the ticker at the bottom and then I go to the, the cutaway because it still uh, it still ticks. It does. Okay. It still ticks. Hey, there's 421 people joining us. Uh, you know what that means? You can file your report. If you are watching us, you like the cannabis legalization and the industry in general, and maybe something's going on in your neck of the woods that you'd like for us to air on the show. We have one today uh, that we're going to be doing. And then if you want to get your short on uh, cannabis legalization news you make one uh we'd prefer if it's like you you introduce yourself hi i'm bob from nebraska we're here with a nebraska update nothing i was bob from nebraska and so uh and then you can you can record that on your phone or whatnot uh, i found out today that move files movs that are like if you're using an apple product mm -hmm. uh, those will not work we can't upload those to play oh, wow. but we can convert them into yeah, MP4s. Yeah, and so if you, we have a converter. So we'll be able to do that. But why don't we take uh, one today and then uh, you can email me over at my uh, IP holding company, Tom at That's right. You'd email me at Tom at Stumari.co your, your report and we'll do two a week and then we'll give you shouts outs. And so we do have a shout out to give uh, right now. And uh, I'm going to just go ahead and, and flip this one on. And if you want yours to be next week, let us know. Here is a report out of Kentucky. Welcome to Kentucky, where our grass is bluegrass. Here's the cannabis legalization news. Quick bit of history. Governor Andy Bashir signed an executive order legalizing medical marijuana on November 16, 2022. Last year, Kentucky established a committee and a website for information on medical cannabis. KYMedCan.KY.gov. Remember, it's a .gov site. How does medical cannabis work in Kentucky? You have to have a bona fide relationship with a doctor who has seen you and states in a letter that you have one or more qualifying conditions. At present, there are six or seven conditions in the regulations. The governor's original pardon letter for MMJ was for about 21 conditions. The Board of Doctors and Experts has unanimously recommended that another 14 conditions be added to the list of qualifying conditions for medical cannabis. And there is a new bill to legalize recreational marijuana in Kentucky. House Bill 420. See you later. House Bill 420 in Kentucky. I hope the voters are high on it. And now let's bring on our guest. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. It's Bob Holman. We know oh, as of last year. Hey, uh, Kentucky's General I'm, Assembly. I'm not. Yeah. Oh, Bob, a little bit of technical difficulties there. Um, What's up? 
Yeah. What's up? Thanks for joining us. I'm not sure if anybody who's joining and like viewing uh, knows who Bob is. Bob, uh, I hope they do. I mean, not. They don't. Well, and so, yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself uh, to the, the audience and, and tell the people what you do. Right on, man. Well, it's good to be here. Uh, happy Sunday to you guys. It's uh, It's been a good show so far listening in. And uh, uh, yeah, I am uh, I'm an attorney. Uh, I started a one of the first uh, cannabis law firms uh, about 16, 18 years ago, um, Hoban Law Group, um, expanded that across the country, around the world, and uh, ultimately sold that to a, a large international firm where I work now. And uh, uh, yeah, just uh, been been in the, in the thick of it uh, in the cannabis industry full time for, uh, for a long, long time now. So a uh, big fan of what you guys do. And uh, it's good to be here. Good to be yeah. here. Thanks, yeah, you were you were one of the first ones that I was able to find about five years ago. I can't believe it's been five years since I was in the industry where uh, the Hoban Law Group. And so they were one of the larger law firms before you sold it to uh, the place that you're at now. Um, but that's that's important because like to go from state to state, like I have to consult on applications to get the licenses if I don't have uh, somebody who's there. And so like building that network is something that is quite important. And I've started working on that more now. And so I have a, a pretty good list of states where we can help somebody out. But, um, you know, Tom, when, when, I, when, when I was just going to say, when, when, when I did that, uh, and that's the exciting part, right, is building it. When I did that years ago, man, it was going out and meeting people, getting face to face, working through that list. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun making sure that you you said like you've got someone reliable in each in each location, right? Yeah. So, well, you know, it's funny. Bob, I uh, I didn't know who you were, right? I don't know who. Like when it comes to the legal side, business side, you know, most people don't care, right? Like there's the there's the law side where people petition. Everybody can you know know knows who Jack Hare is or uh, uh, or entertainment, but no one knows like the 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 because you've helped write regulations. You've helped you know structure. Uh, I watched your TED talk. Uh, our, uh, I saw you one on uh, Hawaii Cannabis Expo, and I saw the other one at uh, it was years ago. It was a, a Green Flower Media. Nice. And, and nice. my question to you, too, though, so in your Green Flower one, which was like six years ago or something, it was as many years ago, and you yeah. had this projection of like uh, the, the the revenue being brought in uh, yearly because this is something Tom has talked about, you know, as a as a activist or whatever thing, how people know me. Uh, shit I never cared about, right? Never really wondered about, but yet, you know, with Tom, because everybody assumes law, a lawyer, uh, you know, it's going to be this, uh, you know, hey, I, I just got arrested. Can you help me out? And right. Tom's like, I'm not that kind of lawyer. Right. You know, right. but uh, what kind of lawyer are you, though? What, what is that to get that policy position? Where you're, you're, is it just like something you started? You, you mean to be a, a lawyer during business hours only, only as I like to say, uh, to, to your point? Okay. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't take those midnight calls uh, from, from people that get locked up and that kind of thing. But no, I, right. I've been a. I've been a, a, a corporate lawyer for, for a long time. I first 12, 14 years of my career, I did, uh, I did litigation. I was a commercial mm -hmm. litigator, a lot of real estate litigation, a lot of corporate litigation, uh, mm -hmm. you know, nothing, nothing terribly exciting. And then I started to, to work on transactional work after a bunch of commercial cases. And, you know, then I kind of transitioned, uh, maybe make it to your, to your question. You kind of transition, I think, as you build the business, right. As you build a business, mm -hmm can't be as effective in the trenches. Uh, you got to make sure that your guys oh. have what they need in the trenches, but you can't 
necessarily be in the trenches with them because overseeing and, and, and doing biz dev and all that other stuff, you know, that's a, that's a grind and that's a haul and, and you're, you're clear. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. They deserve better. And, and Tom, you know, yeah. dealing with multiple lawyers in multiple States too. Uh, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a finicky breed, man. We're a finicky breed. Oh yes. And especially litigators. Litigators will uh, argue with themselves depending on how long ago they they wrote that demand letter. And so <laughs> I, I'm sure there's litigators out there that would find a demand letter that they wrote 10 years ago and they'd read it and be like, ah, this is crap. Uh, but uh, I used to do a lot of financial litigation and then getting into more deals. And then Miggy and I now have, well, we don't. We've won. Yeah. <laughs> Like Illinois takes forever. And so we're really hopeful that soon we'll be awarded because we won that lottery back in July, um, which is just kind of shocking that that's how slow or glacial the licensed industry will go. Meanwhile, if we were trying to flip THCA packs or something, no problem. You know, uh, and, yeah. and so it's just the, the regulatory hurdles that one side of the industry has to go through versus the other side of the industry. Uh, is really, really fascinating. But um, yeah, the, the business side and then the, the practical aspect of it, like owning a dispensary, um, you need various aspects of lawyers. You need IP lawyers. You need labor and employment lawyers. Mm. You need real estate lawyers, real estate zoning lawyers. Uh, if, if somebody doesn't pay you or the contract breaks, you're going to need litigators. And then, of course, corporate, because you have to make sure that all the boards and the books and the records and the profits and the distributions and whatnot are, are going where you wanted them to. Uh, so it is a, uh, a group uh, that you need. So I, I, when you sold it to a, a large firm, I'm like, that makes sense. You know, I, I thought it was it was it felt like it was time. You know, I, I kind of uh, COVID, you know. COVID was a, was a big punch in the gut, as we all know, to a lot of people that mm. kind of just felt like had to rethink their whole life and what they were going to do, right? And so you had all these attorneys in the firm not working and, and they're on payroll, right? So you say, I can't pay you your full salary if you're only going to work half the time. And they said, haven't you seen what's going on in the world around us? Like, like this is a this is a crisis. We got to reevaluate. I, I said, look, I, I, I own I own the, the firm. Um, I am the one that has to make sure everybody gets paid. And, you know, th those tough times made me realize, too, that no matter how quality and, and good of people you surround yourself with, if you own the business, you, it really still just comes down to you and what you need to do. And, and, and ultimately, you know, that was one of those things where I said I just kind of wanted to to move on to a larger platform and be given a different kind of opportunity, like maybe like a college co coach going to the NBA for a little while um, and doing some things. And it's been, uh, it's been good. It's been, it's been real good. Um, but, uh, but to your point, it's a transition. Uh, and, and also, you know, Tom, to your point about uh, the, the sort of commercial license regulated market and the, the, the THCA or the, the hemp side, however you want to describe it. You know, I was, I was thinking a lot about that. Obviously, we, we both have talked about it and thought about it a lot, but it kind of reminds me of the the taxi industry when it when it uh, was, was facing Uber and, and Lyft, right? And the, the hotel industry when it had to begin uh, in earnest facing, you know, VRBO or Verbo, whatever the heck they call it, and uh, at Airbnb and the like. And if, if that's instructive at all, we see that those industries exist. I mean, you know, I remember going to uh, certain cities and ordering an Uber and the taxi people would block the Ubers. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was a fight, uh, yeah. but 
as we see it today, you've got this sort of unregulated side, Uber and Lyft existing, coexisting with taxis. And I, I think that it's not an apples to apples thing, but, but you but saw man, I think you a little bit. See, you saw some other stuff in that. Like you saw the regulators come in and get get their hooks in it. So it's like, yeah, but we're going to tax you. If you want to come into our city, we want to get those taxes because they were they they wanted to make sure they still got their fees. And then, um, yeah, you know, they, they they would they would do those taxes, and then they, they all they get sued all the time for employment uh, cases. You know, about like yeah. whether they are all independent contractors or not. Uh, and then the other thing that they did uh, those those tech companies that you know disrupted taxis and stuff. Uh, they spent a lot of money on lobbyists. So mm -hmm. They also did a lot of public. You guys, but you, you know what's funny? I, I personally recognize the importance of your both, you, both of you in the uh, cannabis per se industry, right? This thing that we call uh, uh, the law or whatever. Um, because ideally, you know, this is what the legal issue is about. It's not just safe access, but it's also if you're in business, right? If I was a grower, right, I could do legal uh, uh, repercussions, right? So, like. For example, the, the the story, I don't know if you uh, saw Bob, uh, Blacklist talked about some dispensary, off-the-charts dispensary that uh, the CEO was bragging about uh, not paying these small mama pops. And, yeah. and so, you know, this gives them, uh, hopefully the small mama pops have money to go sue. Hopefully they can go after, you know, the, the pocketbook of this person, but it all takes time, right? Like, I, I personally, what's that uh, that German word where you enjoy someone's misery? Uh, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, so personally, yeah. So right now I'm watching all the Trump trials, right? Like, like, I, and I love White because he's got the shittiest lawyers, and, and, and it's to me, it's just like I'm watching the law. I'm, I'm actually reading the papers. Everything's out there, right? And that's the great thing about America: this whole transparency thing. Until there's not, like, when when, you, when the FDA releases uh, redacted uh, 300 pages, and you know whatever but um i i just think that the fundamentally though it's important to have good regulations because because that, that's what helps them force like the sops and the you know you know people talk about big like bob what's your take on rescheduling i mean uh, i think honestly rescheduling is going to affect the hemp industry because now you have some sort of protections as a grower farmer whatever like Oh well, I I I wasn't growing hemp now. I'm growing weed because the law says uh, it's medicine. So I'm gonna go turn this into you know some, you know. There's gonna be a new torp of commerce going on, I think, but it's not gonna affect people like you're talking about with the Uber and the and the bars, kind of like here in Washington State with home grows. You know, it's not gonna affect the the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I mean. The, the schedule three thing, right? I, I think it's I think it's going to happen this year. It's got to happen. It's 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 it seems to have moved at a really really fast pace. Tom, you're talking about the glacial pace of of other agencies. Uh, it seems like the, the 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 rescheduling analysis has happened at lightning speed for the federal government. Uh, that's an interesting thing, right? Um, we'll see where that goes. What are the upshots of Schedule Three if it were to uh, were to happen? Number one, it uh, eliminates that 280e burden on companies selling. A schedule three substance it only applies to schedule one and two substances so think about this man if i generate a hundred dollars simple math um and i spent sixty dollars to to get there 
Uh, I don't get to deduct any of that that $60 except for the cost of goods sold, right? The actual cost of production of the thing that I was selling to the extent that I had expenses associated with that. Point being, if you get rid of that, it increases the profitability, frees up cash for these commercial licensed marijuana businesses. Uh, I've heard anywhere from 11 to, to up to 40% uh, uh, freer cash and, and, and freer uh, um operations uh with the company in terms of being able to do things because of that so that's significant um but you, know, you still need that's why descheduling is the ideal scenario like the letter that you know our senator former governor hickenlooper sent here with warren and, and everybody else and by the way i don't think elizabeth warren is a lawyer i think she's a, a, a phd if i'm not mistaken or a professor but i don't know i could be mistaken yeah. I just love how like they're pointing the fingers to the the, to the agency, and then they're saying, "Hey, uh, how about you just totally deschedule it?" And then the agency just reads the law back to them, like, "I'm sorry, that goes beyond our abilities to enforce the law per this section of the law. If you would change that, Ms. Ms. Warren, go for it." But uh, I, I just love where they they are, you know, armchair quarterbacking, and they aren't actually legislating. No, no, they're uh, they're they're definitely uh, they're definitely not not doing their job but it's a political football and, and you know that's the interesting thing about it that's where you know as much as you know the th or the hemp derivative stuff uh, drives a lot of people batty i think it really framed the conversation where there is significant movement that's going to happen because now you've got the republicans and the democrats each have an issue that they can um that this can be their perspective on cannabis or marijuana reform at the at the federal level uh, it, it it creates more jobs that are reliant on this industry and uh, that's what turns politicians around um and it makes you know what do they say strange bedfellows right i think you start to see conservative politicians uh start to embrace uh de derivatives even if they're intoxicating just because you've got jobs and infrastructure there and to me that's a good thing uh, as as a net effect uh, you know, I know you had uh, you made a note and I saw that that article where certain Republicans are, you know, out talking about not rescheduling. Schedule three is crazy. It's premature, this and that. But, you know, it's uh, look, it's 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 always going to be a political football. It's but but at least it's something they're talking about. You remember that that Mitch uh, uh, who ran against uh, Obama that first time around? Um that's uh, the guy who ran against Obama. For, yeah, John McCain. No, Senator was, John McCain. I'm right who, back who, in 2008. Who was, who, was, who was the former governor of Massachusetts? Mitt Romney. Oh, Mitt that was Romney. 12. Romney. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So when, when Romney was asked a question by, by reporters from the then cannabis publication of the Denver Post about cannabis, he looked at the camera and he said, come on, ask me something real. You can't get away with that anymore. Like, you know, Miggy, to your point, I don't like the descheduling is a perfect world scenario and then regulate it as a as a as a matter in the states. But it's just doesn't that has to be a political solution. Agencies aren't going to do that that on their own. Uh, but now politicians, they use it as an issue and they talk about it on the R and the D side. So I guess, you know, my, my point is we've seen a lot of progress. Nothing's perfect. I just think you take every win you can uh, associated with the plant. And you try to figure out ways to monetize that and educate as many people about that, both consumers uh, and people that operate in the industry. But there's still just mm -hmm. tons of opportunity out there. And I think that this year 
I think we start to see things swing back in a really, really positive direction to the point where, Tom, I'm not so sure we don't see stupid money getting thrown at this industry again immediately after the Schedule 3 redesignation. Oh, or at least man. I, I, I missed the stupid money. I was just getting <laughs> Yeah, and the super money was great, and so uh, I just I, I can't wait to get a, some more of that. But like I think the stupid money pivoted over to hemp because they were able to go real fast and create businesses online, and so like you can and I get bogo notices from Leafly trying to sell me THCA flower, you know, and and it's all the same strains, and you just have to say you're 21. Uh, that as opposed to like so real ecom in weed nationwide, most more or less. Uh, or a highly regulated $2 million dispensary, I hope that the Schedule 3 gives us a set of rules that everybody has to play by, and it's the same game. But we'll see. Like, we'll see if like, hemp is, is ensnared into that or not. But, you know, like, that's one of the interesting things. There wasn't a farm bill. And so, like, if there's a farm bill, they have to have hearings about the definition of hemp. And the last time they did that, it was... This won't get you high. No, Senator, you'd have to smoke a phone book, like a, not a phone book. You'd have to smoke a joint as big as a telephone pole to be able to get high. I'm like, actually, that's not true at all. Yeah, it's it all makes <laughs> you know. But uh, so I, the only thing that I would, uh, and I would not even object to it, if they just moved it to 1% total THC is hemp, fine. You know, um, great. You know, because then a lot of the smokable flower products would uh, just, they would be licensed products then because those smokable flower products, it would all be over 1% THC, except for the ones that are really CBD cultivars. I don't disagree with that approach. I think that's smart. I think it's, it's thoughtful and, and it sort of starts to keep those lanes, right? Keep carves yeah. the lanes out a little bit uh, to your point. Uh, you know, the other thing that I was, was, was thinking about though, is if you raise it to the one total T 1% total T, which I think is a, is is an elegant solution in many ways because it still allows this this T, D9 THC beverage from hemp uh, industry to continue and and you know guys as much as we've always worried about uh, the alcohol or to, to tobacco industry coming into the space uh, they've come in and they've come in strong uh, and that's alcohol distributors saying that they're going to own the space starting mm -hmm. with two four five milligram D9 hemp derived beverages and. We're already yep. seeing them start to be distributed mainstream. We're seeing it where different states like Minnesota, for example, as you talked about at length, kind of uh, cracked open where you can sell those products in, in liquor stores. Now, I think Connecticut's got this so-called loophole idea as well. Point being is once you start to crack out that mainstream distribution and the alcohol lobby as much as, um, you know, it. it you know, I, I always hate alcohol. Yeah, the, the taxes. The like, I don't see where, where's the, where is the government wetting its beak? And so the government's wetting its beak when you're talking about the alcohol industry. So I could see some regulation, but I could also see it continuing. And so like, you have to sell it at a liquor store or at a dispensary. You have to card the person and the federal government gets this much. And they would have a definition of like, if it's 12 ounces, you can only have 10 milligrams or 25 milligrams, as opposed to the definition of hemp, where again, we can all do the math, just get a can of Coke. It's 355 milliliters, which is uh, 355 grams. And so like 99.7% of that would be approximately one milligram. And I'm sorry, one gram, because it's 355 grams. And so that, that's a lot of milligrams in, in a can of Coke to be considered compliant hemp under the current definition. So I think it's going to change. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think, Bob? I mean, it depends where the change is going to come from, right? Uh, uh, we don't have the benefit of having really a functional Congress, uh, not even on 
ag policy. Um, it's yeah. an election year on top of that. Uh, obviously, we all know that it's going to be a dogfight for the White House. Um, so I just don't see uh, Congress necessarily motivated to work together or, frankly, even on the same page. I mean, think of it this way. We, we just saw the state of Texas. We're talking about 350 plus mainstream outlets that will be online selling D9 hemp beverages in the next, I don't know, couple of months at the on the, on the long end. And and the, the the politicians are in favor of this largely because it doesn't have the state stigma of marijuana. Um, I think that the more you see these red states continue to develop this distribution, uh, they're going to guard that economy regardless of what the federal government says. Um, but then you've got to have R's and D's that work together in some capacity to change the the, the substance of the farm bill as it relates to hemp. Um, and I think that because that's not, in my opinion, realistic, I think it just maintains the status quo. You could have a smart solution uh, along the lines of what you described. I'm not saying I'm, I'm advocating for a 1% total T position in the farm bill, but I could see that as a likely outcome that would solve a lot of the problems that you're describing, or at least the perceived problems. Uh, and it's something that's been consistent with what they've been talking about all along. They've always talked about raising the THC percentage to 1%. Uh, right. To protect farmers from potential prosecution, uh, right. you know that was uh, allegedly the fear of mainstream farmers for grain and everything else. They don't want to. They don't want to mm. pop hot, right? So, right. Uh, yeah. So well, it's uh, it's interesting. I got a question for you though. So, as a guy fearing like uh, uh, farmer, right? Like, why does there have to be two lanes? Why does there have to be a cannabis and hemp lane when uh, the plants? Uh, oh, Bob's out. He's he's talking, but. Uh, um, uh, there's no in the audio, I guess, in the stream. Uh, he's can we add Bob? There we go. Sorry, Bob. So, like, why does there have to be two lanes, though? Why uh, does there have to be this like uh, like hemp marijuana? Once the rescheduling happens, it can all be medicine or rope, right, or a t-shirt. Or, just, you or, grow or, cannabis. You 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 just grow cannabis and you regulate the downstream uses. That that's that's the what I've always believed is the right approach. We see that approach in numerous countries around the world. The distinction between hemp and marijuana is not as 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 stringent or as sort of defined as we see in the U.S. Um, that's the way it should be. I think it was uh, the new president in in Colombia or recently new uh, Pietro or, or Petro. He um, he was talking about. Uh, just letting farmers grow cannabis, and then you ultimately regulate the uses. Um, I mean, that's that's a bit of an experiment in certain jurisdictions, but I think that ultimately is where this needs to go because the plant is going to ultimately to see all of the fifty thousand uses we've all wanted to see, and that Jack Harris talked about a long time ago, so forth and so on. You need to just have it in as many places as possible, and that's why I think uh, you know all of this stuff merges together. Um, it's got to, doesn't it? I mean, Tom, does it doesn't it have to merge? Because you can't put either one of the sides back in the bottle. Uh, yeah, but you again, that that ignores that we for a whole decade made something completely illegal and said like, <laughs> I think we can make things illegal again, and then maybe we'll make them legal. But uh, I'm hopeful that they will do their job and create some type of sensible regulation for this, so that it can all have the same set of rules, and then just yeah, enforce their downstream use. It's like you can't turn it into a beverage unless it's like this, sold at these stores, paid by. Like, you know, the, they do it with cigarettes, and, and you know people get killed by those. 
So I, it does kind of shock me, but it also not when you think that they don't care to regulate it and they kind of see it as a trivial issue. But now that it's becoming more and more there and the, the industry has all these billions and tens of billions of dollars and they'll get to $100 billion here in a few more years, that brings that type of lobbying going, OK, no, this this makes sense for beverages. Here's what they are. This makes sense for how you're going to sell flour and what it needs to be tested for. This makes sense for uh, extracts and edibles and all those types of things. Uh, I think we're already there, like amongst the states, how to regulate the plant and do so where it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to get operational and, and the, the, the products are good and they're still tested. But um, every state doing it by themselves, their own little way, that just doesn't work. Uh, and so like we yeah. have all these and then if they if they do nothing and they just allow the stigma to perpetuate itself, then it never it really doesn't get beneficial. So like, I think the schedule three aspect of it, sure, deschedule, of course, but just rescheduling it so you no longer have to only find the harms in the research will give us time to get to that point where we can have some type of regulation and some because we regulate alcohol through some law. We have to. Like, you know, and, and so I'm not sure if it's going to be the 28th Amendment, you know, legalize it today. But there's 38 yeah. states that are in outright defiance of our federal Schedule One laws that have some medical law on the books to access this plant. You know, you know, that that division, I think, of the, the hemp cannabis, right, of the recreational and uh, the hemp and the medical market can even hurt genetics in the long run, right? Because right now people are using this THC loophole, as you were about to talk earlier. And I came across this post today in Reddit where uh, this person went to a uh, cannabis uh, mentor thing, right? Because now Tom and I are actually going to be possibly in a business one day eventually, you know, where uh, I can actually make revenues, right? Because that's the business side of things. But when it comes to like the plant side, the actual like uh, – uh, uh, altruistic you know why we, we we support this plant this guy comments and, and this is what i worry about so he says basically they're not using a tac loophole to sell real marijuana as hemp but instead to sell hemp as real marijuana so the difference is the former plays the government and serves the people while the latter uses the perception of playing the government to play the people so you know if people are selling you weed in the guise of it was grown as hemp you know, we're, we're just mis mixing this up and, and they're all the same plant with arbitrary lines for this organic matter uh, uh, that, like you guys say, this merges has to happen. But as long as we have this TAC loophole, only people, hemp farmers right now are only going to be the predominant grows because they're, they're fucking having a great time right now. Having fields of dreams out there, right? Like, you know, there's not fields of blue dreams out there. It's fields of uh, whatever the fuck a hemp strain is. I don't know. But, oh man, you know all the same strains. Hey, but that's that's yeah. something we could do. We can uh, we can continue this conversation oh, we while we look at some weed. And so uh, let's let's play a little name that strain with Bob. Uh, Miggy has transported himself to become a uh, dank nugget. And then this one, like these, what do you think about these purple strains, Bob? These strains that have like that color in it because they, they've become very popular. Over the they've past. become they've become very popular. Um, I've never noticed uh, that they've you know produced that much of a heightened effect. Uh, in fact, I've noticed the opposite. I think that uh, the, the more the deeper the purple, the more immersing that they tend to have, which kind of makes you sleepier. Uh, you know, on the on the long run, that, that that's been my experience. But then again, I'm not the uh, 
I'm not the genetics expert by any stretch of the imagination. Cool. Well, let's talk about their parents. Uh, this one is an apple and bananas and eye candy. So it is an East Coast 2023 runner-up. Uh, no, wait, that's a Zapholix. I'm not sure. I, I love when they make up awards first. I love made-up awards. And then second, I love when they uh, create the name of the award show and I can't pronounce it because it's a made-up word. So this one is Z-A-L-Y-M-P-I-X. So it took three awards at the East Coast 2023 Zalympics. Za Olympics. Ah, that's what they've done. That's what they've done. <laughs> Za Olympics. Right. Apples and bananas crossed with eye candy. Uh, Maine trees, I believe, is a um, uh, Maine trees. So this must come out of Maine. And so like something, some food product that comes out of Maine is the name of this cannabis strain. Bob, are you a, a smoker, consumer? You know, that's the thing about this plant is not everybody who's in it or profiting from it actually as a consumer sometimes right so i mean do you have yeah, no I, I've, I've had a i've had a deep relationship with this plant for a very 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 long time uh, and i'm old school man oh uh just to uh grind it and roll it uh now in my perfect world scenario in fact i was supposed to go to morocco for business two weeks ago uh hash and tobacco is the ideal scenario i lived in uh, rome italy uh, many years ago and uh, really only got uh, the hash mixed with the tobacco. Fantastic. It's the perfect combination. was really looking forward to getting out to Morocco for some of that because you just don't see hash as much in the commercial regulated stores as you used to because it's just it's a higher margin product when you when you turn it into a uh, you know a, a sauce or a rosin or or, or or just use it for other concentrated purposes. but uh, nothing like some old school hash. Oh man. I cannot disagree with you more. I, I used to be in the south of Spain in Cadiz. And so like that is where it's really close to Morocco. And so where Columbus sailed from all those years ago. And so we would get hash as well. I love hash. I love hash. I did not love mixing it with yeah. tobacco. Uh, huh. But like I love it. So like I have some here. And so like I sprinkle a little bit on top of my my bowl. That's great. It gives it that hash flavor without any of the tobacco-ness. But I, I just, I'm just not a tobacco smoker. That's that's my problem. But my other problem is my head sometimes becomes a dank nugget of weed. And, and just because I don't think anybody's gotten it. And uh, it's, it's time no. to show along. Uh, this is the Blue Lobster. And so Blue Lobster, according to Leafly, is a strain that you're looking at. I'm under brand, so I have to undo overlay. Okay. So it's a uh, main trees blue lobster, a compound genetics cross of apples and bananas with eye candy. Took three wards at the East Coast Zolympics, gassiest, best terps, and runner-up for best overall. Because gassy should be a category. If you're having a cannabis yes. contest, why wouldn't gassy be a category? Seriously. My favorite. I like that's a flavor to me, man. I love that's like the mercy or the um the peppercorn, right? The gas terpene. Uh, mercy? I, I think it's 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 oh, not mercy. Uh, oh no, no, caryophylline is the one that's in peppercorns. Yeah. That's what it is. Caryophylline. I did get a good I mean, so many... Yeah. <laughs> but you know, dude, you, you spend your time learning like the law or, or anything else. You you understand a bunch of shit and you're like, I don't have it memorized, but I know where to go. Right? Like I just know <laughs> that's all you need, man. That's all you need most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that really is it. It's, it's like, it. no, no, I, just hang on a second. I got to make a couple of phone calls. And then you you, you, <laughs> you you get the right person for the job. But uh, hey, uh, that's 
let's do a couple of news stories while we have them here. Mm -hmm. And we'll do some of the weird ones. We'll do some of the stories that you just didn't think you're going to see, but you see all the time in uh, cannabis. This one is in shit I was not expecting news. Uh, we have an attorney general in Texas sued five cities, including Austin and San Marcos, over marijuana policies for decriminalization or uh, you know the the suppression of enforcement, which is kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. They the attorney general is telling them to continue to enforce the cannabis laws in their jurisdictions. What do you think, Bob? Should should uh, municipalities be allowed to uh, prosecute or not prosecute cannabis crimes, just like we do at the federal level with the uh, uh, the guidance that's issued by the administration to not come after the licensed producers? 100%. 100%. I think it's a municipality. It's a local government's purview. They get to make the decision to police whatever issue they want to police based on what's important to their, to their population. I mean... Um, you know, I, I'm not in agreement with some of these sort of, uh, you know, let's call it uh, aggressive immigration stances that come out of Texas and the like. But that is the beauty of our country is that you get to get your law enforcement to focus on the things that are important to you in your backyard. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think that that uh, that applies to all things, but it applies to the cannabis industry. I remember one of the first uh measures in the state of Colorado towards liberalizing <laughs> the treatment of the marijuana plant was uh, a vote in the city of Denver to make cannabis policing their quote unquote lowest law enforcement priority, right? What the heck did that mean? People didn't really know what they were voting on, but you knew that if you voted for that, that it would change the way police treated marijuana or cannabis, however you want to describe it, uh, when, mm -hmm. when you encounter it in a car, a stop, on the street, whatever it is. And, and, uh, that was a game changer. So, you know, I think, uh, I think that that's the way our country's set up. Uh, it's this little, little, uh, experiments in democracy and the govern, the government, what do they say? The government that's closest to the people is the one that governs the best in a sense, because you know what the people care about and that's what yeah. the, public, the democratic Republic is, right? I'm supposed to be able to enforce only what my people care about, not everything else. Uh, right. that's, that's, that's it. And home it's rule. funny how the okay. well home rule like there's a lot of home rule laws out there so they they allow the, the municipality to set like really the laws and then they kind of go along with the state that they're in and then we kind of go along with the feds that we're in and the feds say well we have the supreme law of the land you're like okay sure fine but we're the ones enforcing the law down the street and yep yeah and it's just funny how the, the party of law and order and the the constitution is like fuck the will of the people like, like overall, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, besides we've seen it here in Texas, we saw it in South Dakota. I mean, the, the list goes on. Show me the the Democratic pol uh, politicians who were fighting against something that was hell. They're fighting right now, denying what ten million votes, right? Like that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that it does tend to be the Republicans that will file the lawsuits to try to hijack the evolution or that the, the, the Senate, uh, the, Senate, the attorney general of Texas there. He is, of course, also a Republican, but he's telling the, the municipalities what to do and like, hey, come on, enforce the law. And they're like, no. 
So it's too bad that they don't they don't listen to their people. And then Texas is one of those legislative states, which is really interesting. It only meets every other year. So like yeah. laws in Texas do not take they don't they don't move quick. You know, uh, interesting like years. I, I I don't I don't think there's dog years in Texas. I think they go big. It's well, I mean, like legislative dog years. <laughs> but no, no, really, really quick. Interesting backstory on this uh, Texas AG story. As I'm told, second and third hand. Okay, so so mm -hmm. take this for a grain of salt. But I guess the the attorney that the T Paxton hired owns Delta Eight, Delta Nine companies. And oh, the attorney general's been, and again, I don't know that to be a fact. I haven't done this research, but this is what I'm told. So it's this controversy in Texas, which you can imagine is sort of like a, a Texas, you know, soap opera where you've got oh, yeah. the attorney general taking this high profile attorney uh, uh, on his behalf. Yet this high profile attorney is also a businessman that's recognized throughout the state and is involved in, uh, in, in you know, certain IHD type uh, products, as I understand it. Uh, and that causes controversy. So always, always some controversy in Texas, but uh, fun to watch from the outside for sure. Yep. And then we have one last story yeah. before we wrap up our show, because I want to get some commentary about the feds, like what's going to happen in on the federal level. And this one is uh, FDA approved veterinary medicine for feed, approving hemp seeds for hens at egg farms. Are we going to get any with Schedule 3 and with where uh, Delta 8 and hemp are? Uh, do we think the FDA is going to get involved and get any type of regulatory guidance or rules or something that the industry can follow so that their products aren't pulled down from shelves, like all these hemp beverages or uh, the gummies that are being sold interstate? Uh, all the, the food products that may be able to fall under FDA purview, is there anything that we could file now to start getting approvals from the FDA for those products? Well, the, the only thing that's not approved uh, when you're talking about hemp are the uh, cannabinoids themselves, right? And uh, except at the state level, certain states like Colorado and about 11 others have uh, allowed all extracts, including cannabinoid extracts, below certain levels for uh, and certain ratio requirements to if it's a full spectrum product. But uh, point being is they they do uh, have standards uh, for those things. It's just uh, they're not always universal. Um, and uh, the FDA is a, is a tricky agency to deal with. Uh, they don't have tremendous enforcement capabilities, but they do have the ability to chill the environment. Uh, and I've always argued, hopefully, when we see what happens at the federal level, uh, that we move towards a scenario where alcohol or pardon me, where cannabis is ultimately regulated uh, by an agency like TTB, not by FDA because the FDA is erratic and, and ultimately slow moving. And while it does seem to put consumers first, and again, we can argue about you know, that, whether that's true in the pharmaceutical sector or not, uh, at least in the other sectors, at least they, 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 they put together standards that keep our food and, and our food supply chain fairly consistent and clean. But you don't want those same people governing intoxicating substances and, and and ultimately that's where we hope but, it moves to TTB. Yeah. Will this all matter though after rescheduling? Like 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 if a rescheduling does happen, you know, the 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 cannabinoids, the 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 each component, like uh is that like what will the heart the hemp bill, like how will it differ once uh rescheduling happens? Like why would this you know say how has this become a thing? Yeah, you're you're discussing about a totally different like aspect of it, and so like after it's rescheduled, there's still no mechanism for you to be able to actually put the cannabis into the the commerce. 
and have it be compliant because like you still don't have any FDA approved uh, schedule three substances. The, the hemp substances, they're not scheduled. And so like it doesn't really arise to that same type of level. It's more along the lines of, well, these foodstuffs, these cannabinoid foodstuffs that people are oh. eating and shipping interstate. Uh, who's regulating them? And so eventually it'd be great if there is like, you know, the, the, the explosives, the tobacco, the, te the firearms, those those types of um, administrative agencies where you just like, like a state does, they create like their office of cannabis management. Maybe not that name because New York screwed it up so much, but like, you know, their, their cannabis regulatory administration, something like that, where they they send it there and then they collect those taxes. And that's actually it's enabling. And so like that, that agency is funded by those taxes. And then, of course, it'll go back to the general fund because they like to buy stuff in Washington. Yeah, well, do. Thank yeah, you for joining us, dude. Yeah. Like, like thanks. You know, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Great conversation. Thank you so much. No, it's oh, been sorry. tons of fun, guys. Tons of fun. Love uh, love uh, shooting, the, shooting the breeze with you guys. And uh, thanks for the invitation. Okay, how can people find you if they want to get a hold of Bob Hoban? And, and BobHoban.com, Bob at BobHoban.com. Email me. There you go. Awesome. Well, that's our show for the, the week. Join us next week when we'll go over all the news that was in the cannabis industry then. Hope to see you. Awesome. Nice.